Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Locked On Steelers podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Some news to report. Steelers Chiefs being moved back to 820. Doesn't change my pick. I've got the Steelers 24, Kansas City Chiefs 18. Think it's going to be a very close football game throughout, but I like the Steelers in this one. I think they take care of the football, and I think that they slow down Tyree Kill. The two things that they need to do to win this football game. Joining me now to discuss all things Pittsburgh Steelers and Kansas City Chiefs is our buddy from the Locked On NFL podcast, Matt Williamson. Matt, what's going on, brother? Thanks for joining us. Nothing, dude. How you doing? I'm good. Steelers announced that the kickoff of their divisional round playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs will be moved back until 8:20. The only thing that I think will be changed in this is that maybe you give the Kansas City faithful a few more hours to get lathered up. Maybe it's going to be even louder there than it would have been before. Maybe a little more antifreeze in the veins. No kidding. It is going yeah. to be insane, apparently. I, one thing I, I will say about it, though, is I know that this time of year, and I'm from Pittsburgh, and you're supposed to love playoff football when it's snowing and nasty out, but I don't. You know, I would rather see players and teams operate at their peak efficiency than I would in an ice bowl when it's negative 20 degrees and no one can throw the ball and the ball's like a rock. So hopefully we see a a little bit better game and the weather's not as much of a detractor. I could not agree more, and that's why when the Super Bowl was played in a cold-weather city, when it was played in New York, I didn't like it because of the possibility of something like that going wrong. I want to see two teams at peak strength going up against each other. A lot of the times you hear people who are for the elements say, well, whichever team handles the elements better should win. Okay, great. I want to see which team handles the other team better, and I'd like to see all the scheming and preparation that they do coming into the game actually play a factor in the game. Yeah, I mean, if Aaron, if, if the Packers played the Patriots and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady can't throw the football, yeah, well, that's not that much fun. No, why do I want to watch Legarrette Blunt run the ball forty times? I mean, look, right. a, lo- a lot of people like that, but you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, two of the best ever. Give me a break. So we'll see if moving the game maybe actually limits the impact that the weather will have on the game. Um, but it sounds like it's just going to be terrible all day. We shall see. Uh, Adam, that being said, though, yeah. I do think bad weather favors the Steelers for three reasons. Okay. First, I think Ben, with his bigger hand, stronger arm than Smith, should throw the football better in bad conditions. You know, I think history's shown us that. I also think Bell showed us in Buffalo he moves better in the snow than the average bear. You know, I mean, right. like everyone's sliding around like crazy, and it didn't affect him for whatever reason. He's Superman or whatever. And lastly, with all respect to Harrison and Dupree, I think bad weather slows down edge pass rush more than anything. And if that can slow down Houston and company, that's good for Pittsburgh. Yeah, those are good. Uh, three good reasons. So Steelers fans should be happy about that. I tend to agree. 
uh, with all of those things. Ben Roethlisberger in his career is something like 19-1 and one whenever it's less than 36 degrees or something like that. I wonder what wow. happens with that statistic when you bump it up to 37 degrees. That's what I always wonder about those stats. But <laughs> When they make the cutoff. Yeah, exactly. Why Why 36 degrees? Yeah, yeah, right. He's 0-12 from 37 to 40 degrees. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's just like whenever, you know, this team's won 9 out of 10. Okay, well, the three games before that they got blown out by, you know, 60. You <laughs> by know, the Colts and the Jags. It, yeah, exactly. Right. It's just, you know, those kind of things always make me have to think, and I don't feel like going back through Roethlisberger's career and looking <laughs> looking up everything 37 degrees uh, or higher. Let's start talking about some of the matchups here, Matt. Uh, I know that I've really tried to simplify it as much as possible and say the Steelers slow down Tyreek Hill and they don't turn the football over. This is a football game they should win. So when I look at both rosters or when you look at both rosters, who has the more talent overall? Because people all the time talk about how balanced of a roster KC has. Who's got more talent? I've been saying this all week about the, the Chiefs overall. Is Generally, you think of a well-coached team with Andy Reid limits and gets the most out of his quarterback and Alex Smith, a limited thrower, a complimentary player, and, and they always have a very strong foundation. They run the ball well with Jamal Charles. They have a, a very good defense. Well, this year... They're a little bit different in that I think their foundation is weaker than usual, you know, in terms of their run defense, ability to run the ball, limiting the turnovers they create, red zone. But the the window dressing is much nicer than usual. I mean, they are maybe the most big play dependent and best team in the league at creating big plays. You mentioned Hill as a returner. They lead the league in interested takeaways. Uh, they're great once they get the ball in their hands on defense too. You know Barry and Peters and those guys. And then you fix, you know, you factor in Kelsey and especially Hill on offense. They don't have you know the the foundation, the backbone that they usually do. But limiting big plays against them is the utmost importance. And you mentioned you know just Hill on returns, but in all three phases, if you if they if they convert a lot of big plays, Steelers are in trouble. Um, that being said, to answer your question, I would rather the Steelers roster than the Chiefs, clearly. Matt, we talked about this a little bit on the show on Wednesday, but uh, you don't often see um, Marcus Peters move around with the other team's best wide receiver. Uh, now, even if it was Antonio Brown against Marcus Peters and that was the matchup, I'd still like the Steelers there, but if it's... Antonio Brown against, you know, Philip Gaines, which you would think that it would be. Uh, is that a matchup that you just have to love for the Steelers? I like Antonio Brown's matchup no matter what. Um, and you're right. Peters has been the left corner to Ben's right exclusively. And now that, you know, they have an extra week to prepare and Andy Reid never loses after a bye and maybe he's going to make changes. But that would restructure the entire defense. I mean, it's not just the other 10 have to adjust in order to make sure. that happen. And it's been successful. Why would you change it? Um, obviously, if Brown lines up opposite Peters, I'm sure that they're going to roll coverage his direction in some way, shape, or form, too. But I think Brown has a big day no matter what. I mean, I think the Steelers would do jumping jacks if they had Peters, you know, shadow him alone because Peters is a great player, but shifty, explosive, smaller guys give him a lot more trouble than an A.J. Green. You mentioned the big plays from before. Now I'm backtracking, but I'm just going to bounce around here because that's what you're good at. You can answer anything. So uh, you, you talk about the big plays by this Kansas City team. Is Alex Smith taking more deep shots? Has he been these last couple no. of weeks? No. 
No, not at all. He's still highly conservative. A lot of their big plays are after the catch. Kelsey's exceptional after the catch. Hill's maybe the best player in the league with the ball in his hands and certainly the fastest. Um, it's not like he's throwing bombs left and right at all. Um, so the Steelers need to tackle. And that's been an area where when they have struggled defensively at times, even whenever they've been better in this second half of the season, they still have struggled making tackles. The drive in Buffalo where they were up a couple of scores just screams out to me where the Steelers, I think, missed 11 tackles on one drive, uh, something crazy like that. That's an area where they're going to need to be better. I also saw that the Chiefs, in terms of percentage, miss about as many tackles as the Steelers do as well. Would you say that that is a deficiency on their defense, Matt? Yes, especially with Derek Johnson out of the lineup. I mean, we haven't talked philosophy, but to kind of go to what we were saying, I mean, the the biggest weakness of any of these teams to me is the Chiefs' run defense. And obviously that's a bad thing when the best running back in town and a great offensive line is showing up at your door. And it's because, I mean, a big reason why is both their starting defensive ends and their 3-4 are out, and their best linebacker, Derek Johnson, by leaps and bounds is out. So what I would do, and we can talk philosophy in all three phases, and what I would do if I were the Steelers, and this sounds crazy, but I want to hide my quarterback if I'm the Steelers. Because if they lose it, I think Ben threw two or three picks, yeah. you know, and it cost him the game. And I think you have to kind of take the ball out of his hands. And to do that, I would come out with a lot of heavy personnel, extra offensive linemen, Knicks in the game as a fullback. Because I do not want the Chiefs to take their two well below average inside linebackers and they're 3-4 off the field. I want to bludgeon them and a lot of bell. And that doesn't mean that Ben can't go in the shotgun and bell detaches and goes out wide. And, you know, that me- I want to make those linebackers make plays all day long against Le'Veon Bell. And I think that favors the Steelers heavily. As for the um, Steelers' philosophy going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, something else we talked about uh, on Wednesday on Countdown to Kickoff, Matt, is that maybe you don't bring a bunch of pressure on Alex Smith. Maybe you play a lot of zone, make him make a lot of plays down the field in order to score as opposed to uh, being able to make that big play. Kind of like what the Steelers' philosophy was early on in the season, tackle the catch and uh, try, you know, it's, it's, it could be death by a thousand cuts, but, you know, with Alex Smith, maybe you take your chances with that. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. I mean, I would be very physical on offense and make it really levy on Bell with some shots for Brown, of course. Um, but on the other side, I would play – they're always going to play zone. And right. zone works better against Alex Smith, too, because it's a better way of taking away his legs as a runner, and he's a very good runner. You know, you have eyes on the quarterback as opposed to turning and running in man coverage more. So that makes sense. Um, I also think that you really want to – you know, if you're going to complete eight passes on this drive and we're going to come up and tackle for small gains, so be it. I, I mean, if you can keep up with Bell and Brown and Ben playing that way, great. We just can't give up the 80-yarder to Tyreek Hill or Kelsey splitting the team whenever we're blitzing heavy. And I still think they can get pretty good pressure on Smith. You know, I mean, we, we were talking to Wolf on Wednesday, and I guess him and Tunch were really getting into how they think Harris or, or Fisher is just the ideal whipping boy for James Harrison. And right. I, I totally agree. And, and, and overall, I like the Steelers' big people, front seven, a lot more than I like the Kansas City blocking and I think they can do a good job shutting down the run without a lot of help and can play a lot of too high and don't have to be super aggressive with blitz and make the Chiefs sustain long drives in bad weather, don't give up the big play. If you're that Steelers defense and you look at 
the weapons that they have offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. I saw this stat. The Chiefs wide receivers don't have – none of the wide receivers have a game where they've had 100 yards receiving all season long. They have gotten six from Travis Kelsey. So uh, the Steelers, I think, actually have the personnel to be able to slow Kelsey down. I, I think that they're very well designed. you got Sean Davis. You've got um, Ryan Shazier. You've got uh, Mike Mitchell who can all uh, run with Kelsey, I believe. Uh, and try to slow him down, you know, a lot of different uh, kind of coverages. You're going to mix things up. You're not going to do the same thing over and over again. Sure. Uh, we saw the first time around, Steelers played a lot of dime and had Justin Gilbert even in there uh, covering up um, Kelsey and not letting him get the free release on the eight snaps that he played in that football game. So, you know, I don't know how worried I am as an observer whenever I look at Kelsey against the Steelers defense. I think that they can do a fairly good job against them. I do think you'll see a lot of zones. You, you want Alex Smith with his weaker arm to you know, throw out patterns, so I think you want to crowd the middle of the field. And like you alluded to, I mean, they have a lot of speed and athletic ability now in the middle of the field, led by Shazier. Um, but I also think you're selling Kelsey short. I mean, he's a great player. I mean, and he's great after the catch. He's a crisp route runner. He's a handful no matter what. He's certainly the straw that serves the drink in their passing game. He's going to get targets. Andy Reid's a really good offensive mind to you know, scheme him open, too. So he scares me. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. He's just a really, really good player. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I think the Steelers are as well-equipped as most to keep him in check to some degree. Uh, let me ask you this about Kelsey, because I agree. I mean, he's a really, really good football player. There's no question about it. He's only got four touchdowns on the year. That's surprising to me whenever you see the way that he can, can get moving in the open field a little bit. Why is that? Why does he only have the four scores? Well, that's the first I've heard. I, I didn't put two and two together on that. But their red zone offense in general, and Alex Smith specifically, hasn't been as good, you know, because they are a real short passing team. And, you know, it's a lot of dump-offs. It's a lot of short throws and in front of coverage, easy passes, rarely testing downfield. And when the and without much of a you know, so-so running game at best. Right. So when that field constricts, you know, there's just less space to go in that direction. You know, it's not like one of the you know, Hill is running these crisp routes and beating people in very short amount of spaces or whatever. Um, Kelsey certainly can, but Smith hasn't played that well this year. I mean, I think he only has like 15 touchdowns this yeah. year. His red zone, he's, really, he's turned the ball over in the red zone, which isn't like him at all. Um, so he scares me less than he would have two years ago, and I didn't like him two years ago. Uh, Matt, last couple of things here for you. We talked about the philosophy on offense and on defense. For the Steelers on special teams, uh, weather could definitely play a factor in terms of this, um, but kick the ball out of bounds on the punt unit, correct? Don't kick it to hell, period. Yes. I mean, hopefully, you can, if you feel confident, you can drive it out of the end zone on kickoffs. Great. I can't condone really just driving it out of bounds on kickoff. No, but, and, and you know. too many people have said that th- this week. I mean, that's just that's bad ball. I mean, that's just not smart. I also saw a statistic where if the Chiefs start their drive on your side of the field, on their opponent's side of the field, they've done that 23 times, 19 of which they've scored. So creating, because their defense and special teams are so good at creating starting field position for their offense. Right. So the 23 times that they've done that, they've scored on 19 of those times, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, they're going to make it happen. So, you know, you put them 10 yards away from plus territory, they're going to get some points. And Andy Reid's not not against field goaling you to death. No. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he just blasted out of bounds and let him start 40 over and over. 
However, I don't know that it would be a terrible idea that if you kick off, you know, five or six times, that one or two of them is a squib kick, sure. and you hopefully a tight end or somebody that's not used to carrying the ball has to handle it in bad weather. Yeah, I could not agree more about that. I think you got to mix it up, and you know, Boswell has had success this year blasting it through the end zone, but he has himself complained after games and, you know, leading up to some games that when the weather's bad, you know, he he talked about how bruised his foot was after this last weekend. Now, it's not going to be as cold. Oh, tough enough, dude. But, right, yeah, right, you know. Kicker problems. But, you know, he's not capable, if it's freezing cold, of kicking it through the end zone. So I agree with you on squibbing it. If I'm Jordan Barry... And I'm punting. I'm. I might kick it sideways. You know, I'm just. I'm yeah, just. I'm not letting Tyree Kill uh, touch the football. Uh, Matt, really good stuff, man. Appreciate the time as always, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday for a little extended pregame here on SNR. Cool. I like it. That's Matt Williamson. Had him on earlier on today for our Inside Steelers Nation broadcast. He's also going to be joining me for the Steelers pre pre pregame show coming up at 2 o'clock on Sunday on the Steelers Radio Network, so check that out. Steelers.com, iHeartRadio, and the official Steelers app. Thank you so much to everyone out there for listening. We'll do it again next week with the Locked On Steelers podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.